I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, guys, welcome back. Today's episode is definitely set to be another long one because I need to catch you guys up on about five days worth of news. We'll definitely have an episode tomorrow to further catch you guys up and make sure that you're ready to go for Monday. But let's get into an extra long news du jour episode. Okay, so starting off, we do have four mini stories for you guys. Let's jump in. First things first, today is the two-year anniversary of the day that the war broke out in Ukraine. A lot has happened since then, and the war remains in this kind of gray, painful gridlock. Both sides are hurting. Both sides are low on funding, low on human resources, and kind of scraping to make headway. Let's hope something can shake loose for Ukraine soon. Secondly, for today's mini stories, the U.S. took out an Iran-based military leader who reportedly orchestrated the attack against U.S. troops in Jordan. So this is linked to, you know, our kind of retaliation efforts. If anything else shakes loose from this, you guys know you will hear it here. Third, four mini stories. The Supreme Court has kicked off arguments, you guys, on whether or not the state of Colorado is allowed to bar President Trump from their ballot. This is an important story, and we will definitely keep you guys posted as it unfolds. Again, right now they're just hearing arguments, and unfortunately we have so much news today that I don't have time to go deeper than that, but I know we will in the coming days, so stay tuned. 
And last but not least, when it comes to mini stories, a winter storm has been slamming the Northeast. If you guys live up there, you already know. You're like, this is not news to me. I'm covered in snow. But according to Fox Weather, the northern half of our country is set to get the biggest snowfall of the year. And the snow is forecasted to be between five to eight inches in South Dakota, and then as much as 15 inches in Connecticut. Stay safe and stay warm, you guys. Okay, so for news for today, we're going to start off with maybe the most obvious story. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl in an overtime game. Unless you're living under a rock, you already know this, because it became a major smash-up of like pop culture and sports, unlike any other year, in my opinion, due to Taylor Swift. I personally was seated with people who hated Taylor and not in a playful or poking fun kind of way. I definitely heard comments I wish I had not heard about how, you know, things I wouldn't say to anybody. Things like they hoped Kelsey's testicles would be injured so that Taylor couldn't have any babies. Things like that. It was honestly disgusting and disheartening especially given that she literally hasn't done anything other than make music and show up to support her partner doing what he loves you know if this was somebody like like a really terrible you know person who had committed like human rights abuses something like that okay maybe they shouldn't have babies but like what did she really do though Really? (laughs) Anyway, it was crazy. Some of the stuff I overheard, that was one of many comments. So anywho, regardless, though, this event overall was star studded. It wasn't just Taylor, the likes of Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber showing up. And of course, Usher and Alicia Keys performing at the halftime show. And they had surprise pop ups during the show from Ludacris and Lil Jon. I was waiting for the song My Boo because once I heard Alicia was like joining Usher, I was like, well, that's why, you know, Um, and it was good. I don't know. For me, it was good and it was not great. It was mid. I it didn't motivate me to like get up and dance like some previous shows. So I'll put it that way. But yes, the Super Bowl happened. Chiefs won. Yay, sports. Now, unfortunately, I did want to add a story, a sort of sub story underneath this one. Unfortunately, there was a shooting that followed the Super Bowl at a parade that was celebrating the Chiefs win. Quick content warning, of course, we're going to dive into some of the details here. 22 people were injured and one person was killed in this shooting. Two different people were taken into custody as shooters in this event As it just happened yesterday, I don't have tons of details at this time that I'm recording this, but we will definitely keep you guys posted if anything else important comes out in this unfolding story. Next up, so I'd say the second biggest piece of news is that Alejandro Mayorkas became the very first sitting cabinet member to be impeached ever. And this historical step comes at a time when we have absolutely zero evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors against him. And after the Speaker of the House was originally unable to garner the votes needed to impeach and had to take a second swing at it. Even so, there were a number of Republicans who opposed the measure as they do not believe that the case against Mayorkas 
has enough evidence and they don't want this to become a kind of tit for tat political waste of time. President Biden spoke out against the narrowly passed impeachment, saying, quote, History will not look kindly on the House of Representatives for their blatant act of unconstitutional partisanship that has targeted an honorable public servant in order to play petty political games, end quote. Ultimately, this seems like a dispute about policy. Republicans are unhappy with how Mayorkas has handled the border situation and they're taking it out on him by trying to impeach him. And that is not what impeachment is meant for. But if Republicans can come up with a constitutional violation committed by Mayorkas, we will be the first to let you know. Next up for today, George Santos's seat went to the Democrats. So George Santos's former seat has been flipped to the Democrats in the narrowly divided House where a single vote, as we just saw with Mayorkas, can make a huge difference. A man by the name of Tom Suozzi won the special election and will take office to replace the disgraced former congressman George Santos. This is obviously a painful loss for Republicans, given the numbers, but Republicans are still hoping to turn the tide this November and try and earn back that majority. We'll see if they can pull it off, and we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Next up, we are going to spend the remainder of the episode, and we have a long way to go, on global conflicts. Content warning, this story involves several different wars. So a Republican member of the House Intel Committee publicly called on President Biden to declassify a specific security threat. And let me tell you, nothing will freak out the public than more than alluding to some vague but very serious security threat and yet still keeping it a secret. Representative Mike Turner of Ohio literally said that he has made one security threat available to all members of Congress and is calling on President Biden to declassify this threat and openly discuss the threat with our allies and the American public. This definitely had the White House on the back pedal. I do not think they were expecting this. And it obviously had every news outlet running to guess what this security threat might be because he didn't tell us he was just here's what he said quote concern the the threat was concerning very sensitive and a big deal end quote literally you guys that is like a government relations 101 thing not to say and this comes at a time when people are already for very good reason, freaked out about the potential for a World War III that we see in front of us. But I digress. The main theory that I have seen bounced around in the press is that Russia plans to launch a nuclear weapon into outer space. This is only backed up, though, by two anonymous sources. So I can't say how reliable that information or that theory is. It seems crazy to me. And I don't know if that would be something that 
a congressman would rush to tell everybody. Either way, it's creating a lot of like stress and panic. The White House said that they were meeting with the Gang of Eight, which is the top leadership from both the House and the Senate, to discuss whether or not to inform the public, and if so, how best to go about it. We will obviously keep you guys posted if there is some major security threat that comes out. We'll see it first on our Instagram stories, and we will discuss it further on the podcast. So next up, I wanted to touch on Rafa. Guys, Rafa, where to begin? Oh, I like I really debated where to begin talking about this because there's so it's just such a dense subject. So I decided to, you know, let's start with the two hostages that were rescued. That is a bright light in all of this. It was honestly a miracle. According to CNN, there are two males, age 60 and 70 respectively, who have been returned to their families after being held hostage for over four months by Hamas. And their rescue was conducted and carried out by Israel in the heart of Rafah. I cried reading the details of their rescue, thinking about how scared they must have been and what they had to endure to get there. But that said... My heart is also with the civilians in Rafa right now who are displaced and who are facing bombs and bullets on top of the filth that they've been forced to live in. The fact is they don't have any other options. They are trapped in Rafa. They listened when they were told to flee south. Rafa is one of the furthest south locations in Gaza. Very few people were able to leave that area. Israel has alluded to wanting to move people, but the violence is continuing into Rafah, and civilians need safety. They need aid. They need basic medical access. These are not optional things. No matter who the human being is or their relationship or proximity to a war, we have both a moral and a legal obligation to make every effort to protect civilians. And it is nearly impossible at this point to argue that Israel is going out of their way to do that, where hundreds, hundreds of thousands, if not closer to 1.5 million civilians live in Rafah right now. Rafa was already desperate, barely able to survive, and what people are living through now is very close to a hell on earth. Even so, the Senate passed a bipartisan spending package for Ukraine and Israel, but it stands to face fierce opposition and bickering in the chaotic House of Representatives. The package sets aside $95 billion, including both military and civilian aid. About $60.1 billion of the 95 would be set aside for Ukraine. Almost every Democrat voted for it, and 22 Republicans voted for it as well. So this was definitely a bipartisan effort in the Senate. We'll keep you guys posted on how it does in the House. Next up, Lloyd Austin is back in the hospital, and this time it's for a bladder-related issue. I definitely feel for this man, but it is starting to seem like there may be something bigger going on with his health, and we really, really need steady, reliable, transparent leadership right now, maybe more than ever, with all the various conflicts going on internationally in this world. 
Luckily, he did this time tell the public about it and he transferred his duties to his deputy for the meantime. The president and Austin spoke yesterday as well. So this situation is definitely different from his initial secretive health scare. Let's hope that he gets better soon and that he continues to be responsible about delegating when he's out of commission. Okay, guys, so this is our last update for today, but it is a heavy one and a very interesting one, very alarming one. Let's get into it. Trump said he would support Russian aggression towards nations he termed as delinquent. It seems like he was alluding to the idea that certain countries in NATO are spending more than others or, you know, have taken too long to pay and that he would support Russia attacking those nations. Yeah. (laughs) President Biden responded, quote, the whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, and it's un-American. End quote. I'm pretty sure that sums up my personal thoughts on the subject, but the point of NATO, the entire point of NATO, is to come to one another's defense. So he's saying he would literally break the United States away from NATO. That's not cool, and that would definitely make us much less safe at a time when we are teetering on the edge of world war. And that is all for today, you guys. But tomorrow we will have an extra long episode as well for you guys just to make sure that we are fully caught up for the week. I have so many more stories I want to tell you guys about. I also am curious as to whether you guys are liking the bonus content. It's my goal to put one out every couple of weeks and I'm wanting to know if you guys are liking them, if you're liking the pace. The next piece I'm putting out is a Q&A with me and a Georgetown University student. She reached out to interview me for a school project and I thought let's go ahead and record that and record my responses because these are actually questions every time I'm interviewed I get asked. So I was thinking maybe these are questions that are on your mind as well. Let's go ahead and record them. I put a poll on our Instagram stories and it seemed like you guys were curious to know the answers to your questions. So I'm going to go ahead and record that for you guys for next week. But keep me posted on how you're liking the bonus content and what else I can produce for you guys. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, there's no comparison between the sun and the moon. They both shine when it's their time. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok 
You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh.